Don't you know, Coo? Driver! And welcome again to the Interstate Wrestling Podcast, the wrestling fan podcast that is bringing you on a journey of fandom, adoration, and complete nerdism into the world of wrestling. It is the wrestling fan podcast in Mania season that is just too big to fit one episode. So here we are with our second episode for Mania Weekend. I'm your co-host, James. And I'm Josh Mordecai, here to spend this granddaddy of them all show with you on our second Mania Weekend show. Seems uh, pretty fitting, doesn't it, Josh, for this uh, celebration of the Showcase of Immortals that we uh, we seem to have a legend lurking in the shadows here, ready to join us tonight. <laughs> Seems like it. I can see he's already feigning some modesty. Once he starts talking, uh, he'll throw all that to the wind. <laughs> it would seem fitting, Josh. You've... Uh, if you do the introduction, I do believe. Sure. Uh, the man himself, the Vincent K. McMahon of the Lunchador Podcast Network, the Paul Heyman of the whole damn show uh, from Beer Review Journal, our good friend and brother, for some of us literally, Matt Knotts. Oh, what's going on, boys? How you doing? Phenomenally well. How are things? I am so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us. Uh, of course, phenomenal introduction there. The supporter, the cheerleader, the all-round wrestling fan that you are. We're uh, we're super psyched to have you join us, and uh, I think we're going to have a little bit of a, a laugh and a bit of a giggle, bit of a gimmick dive around Mania this evening, aren't we? I am very excited to be here. Like David Lee Ross says, the second time's always just a little bit longer. So we'll see where this goes tonight. We'll see how this rolls. <laughs> Wow, we're, what, two minutes in and we're already dropping David Lee Roth references. We're for a good night. <laughs> oh, I'm full carny tonight, boys. <laughs> You're a long-time wrestling fan, much like the two of us, and what makes wrestling special for you? Uh, hmm, that's a good question. I, I think really, fundamentally, it's something that, um, that I'll break kayfabe right out of the gate. Josh and I are brothers. <laughs> Real, actual blood brothers. We kind of got into wrestling... I would say at the same time, there, there, there's a few years difference between us, but um, it was something that he and I grew up with, going to house shows, watching on TV. Um, and I think my my wrestling fandom kind of comes from that kind of nostalgia kind of thing, right? Like, it, it reminds me of going to those shows with our dad and our uncle. And, and I know you've talked about some of those house shows that we went to see down at the the war memorial here war memorial um and it's it's that and it's just kind of been fun to see the the sport evolve as we've grown up you know what i mean and watch it go from this kind of live action cartoon for for lack of a better because it was kind of just outside the rock and wrestling era um to what it's become today um and kind of watch it grow with with us kind of you know the, the kids that were watching it then are the ones wrestling now um, and it's kind of fun to see what they're doing with it. So that's kind of my 
super long version answer of why I like wrestling. I think we all share a similar place, don't we, of WrestleManias, especially in the in the context of this being Mania weekend. It was larger than life. It was larger than life as an event, not just because of what the sport is and who the talent was. Do you still feel as jazzed going into Mania weekend these days as maybe you did kind of around the, you know, the classic era, the golden era, the Hulk Hogan Ultimate Warrior area? Yes and no. This is one of my favorite weekends of the year. Usually spend three straight days eating junk food and watching every bit of wrestling we can get our hands on. It's the most wrestling we watch, I think, consecutively in a year. And that's so much fun just to be able to take the time out and do that. As it will become abundantly clear over the course of the show, I don't really watch a lot of the product coming out of New York anymore. So I I guess the short answer is I love WrestleMania weekend except for WrestleMania. (laughs) (laughs) Currently. It's it's very much like a like an agnostic at Christmas, right? Like you're not there for the hymns. You're there to hang out with family and have some fun. Exactly. Right. That's kind of where mania is for me. That's an excellent way to put it. Yeah. It's uh, it's perennially there and you know it is, but you're uh, not dive straight in the turkey so you can leave room for the desserts and the sides, right? Exactly. And it is a full blown event, isn't it? I mean, needless to say, it's, it isn't just the big box product on the, the Sunday night or Saturday on Sunday night, I guess as it is now, this year, last year. The stuff around it, which mm-hmm. we uh, we obviously covered more on the night one episode of the Interstate Wrestling Podcast, but it's it's a full blown event, and it's sort of there's just so much that gets piled into it, isn't it? Yeah, and it becomes kind of like a destination weekend for people. They go and they plan out what shows they're going to, and how like what's the best route to get from one spot to another? Was it the Janela show a couple years ago that started super late because the New Japan show was running late? So it becomes this like weird puzzle that people have to put together of what's going to be there the most bang for their buck for that weekend. Dare I say a bit like a Comic-Con of the wrestling world ultimately now, isn't it? With everything that's going on and all the different stuff you can do, but interesting to see how it continues to evolve over the years. As I sort of previewed and teased for a second there, we thought we'd have a little bit of a laugh with some uh, WrestleMania elements, didn't we? That's why we've we've got Mr. Knotts here running in to join us tonight, is uh, have a delve into some of the factoids, trivia, quizzes, uh, put each other on the spot, dare I say, about our WrestleMania slash wrestling history. This is where this three-way is going to get ugly, and it's uh, that'll hark back to uh, our Bloodbath and Beyond episode, won't it? I brought a staple gun just to, in case you were wondering. <laughs> yeah. I have a bag full of thumbtacks in the back, so... Whole stack of gusset plates. <laughs> <laughs> we're all geared up. We're all weaponed up. The, the plunder from under is ready to go. <laughs> Why don't we hit the interstate and uh, goof around with some WrestleMania facts? Hell yeah. So, 37 years of WrestleManias. I mean, going on four decades, that's a lot to acknowledge for history and events. Uh, the showcase of the Immortals, the grandest stage of them all. The Colossal Tussle. My first Mania trivia, that was what Vince wanted to call it until somebody told me that's an awful name. <laughs> but just think, we should be talking about, it's, it's Tussle season. Colossal Tussle 37. What could have been? <laughs> Colossal Tussle 37. Uh, I do have a question for you. I thought we'd start off these shenanigans with a, with a dad joke, a WrestleMania-themed dad joke. Do either of you gents know why The Undertaker was so successful at WrestleMania, why he had such a streak and why he was so great at WrestleMania? He was so great at WrestleMania because he earned it. Oof. Boo earns. <laughs> <laughs> because he earned it is very good, though. 
do like that. Going back to your point, Josh, talking about the naming of WrestleMania, happen to know where the name came from or who named it? I don't remember off the top of my head. I just remember, I want to say it was Pat Patterson, because he seemed to be the idea guy. But I do know it was originally the Colossal Tussle, which is just terrible. Like, it doesn't even actually, I, I think it was going for like a slant rhyme. It didn't quite work. I don't know what accent Vince was working from, but yeah, that was the first idea. I don't know. I do feel like we kind of missed out on it, though. I don't know how he missed the Muscle Tussle. Ooh, the Muscle Tussle is also good. That was his... uh bodybuilding federation main event what was that the ibf was that what it was called something like that with gary stridham brought to you by ico pro <laughs> <laughs> which uh it's hilarious hearing bret hart talk about ico pro because he talks about it was terrible but everybody drank it because it was free <laughs> <laughs> they were definitely the main sponsor of the wwf magazine back in the day i mean it was every other page was an ico pro protein shape for sure but i, I guess depending if the factoids and trivia tidbits that we've uh, gathered for tonight's conversation are true, because, of course, they've been sourced from the World Wide Web. I guess there's this kind of a two-pronged idea behind where the name came from. Vince apparently was definitely allegedly kicking around something along the idea of Beatlemania, something crazed and something massive and something so big. That there's obviously a logic there, but um, I guess what I stumbled on today was, uh, I believe it was the Fink who sort of like, Vince was kicking around these names and went, well, if you're thinking Beatlemania, Wrestlemania. It does seem like it's right there, doesn't it? Yeah. It's the battle of yeah. the tough guys. <laughs> <laughs> he actually wrote that on a piece of paper and made it into a movie. The man is terrible at naming shit. Well, Vince not known for being great with naming things or being on top of pop culture. I mean, there is that. In your journey for this uh, this little uh, gimmick shenanigans of WrestleMania, uh, any interesting tidbits that either of you gents stumbled on? I kind of did Mania by the numbers. So I have a whole bunch of attendance. Because what's more fun to start off a show than a, a, a quick talk on stats? Oh, controversial, Josh. Are we talking actual numbers? Are we talking about WWE numbers? Oh, we will get into that for sure. <laughs> so... Either of you want to guess what you think the total attendance for all WrestleManias has been? I'm going to say, let's see, how, what, how many are we up to now? It's 37. I'm going to go with 525,000. Okay. James? I'm going to go 1.6 million. Ooh. Uh, we are at, as of last year, 2 million. 28,289 people have been in attendance at WrestleMania over time, according to uh, Vince McMahon, which, again, we'll come back to. And 37,000 of those fans attended WrestleMania last year in the Performance Center. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, that's If you're wondering, that's an average of 56,341.361 repeating, of course, people attending WrestleMania each year. Now, we do have to take into account that um, the good people at, at Balea and Balea Accounting told us that 2.3 million were at the WrestleMania 3 in the Superdome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which is incredible because that's, you know, a little bit over the total uh, maximum of people in the stadium. It's never stopped them before, but <laughs> speaking of, your highest... Uh, amount of people or your highest show highest 
attendance for WrestleMania? Any idea what the show might be? I was surprised by this one. Was it Dallas? I think it's Dallas, isn't it? The AT&T Stadium show? So we got Mania 32. The main event, Roman Reigns versus Triple H. Where The Rock comes out confused because they're booing Roman Reigns. Uh, apparently 101,763 people were there. And 171,760 were upset with the main event. Uh, your lowest... <laughs> Your lowest was last year when there was no one there. Uh, aside from that, Mania 7, 16,158 people for Slaughter versus Hogan. That was your lowest, uh, 16,158. Really? There were a couple that were close, but that was it. Uh, and we've already mentioned, there are, uh, actually, how many Manias do you think have had disputed attendance numbers? 37. 37. Last year's we're all in agreement with. There was nobody there. <laughs> uh, yeah, Price is Right rules. We are nine total manias have had disputed numbers. Three, 26, 29, 30, 31, 32, 33, 34, and 35 all have disputed official attendance numbers. I'm not a, a mathematical genius, but I can see a pattern forming there. Um, what gives? Yeah. Why all the recent ones? They just can't keep track. I, that's a great question. And the same time, around the same time, they dropped Roman numerals. So it doesn't seem too old. So just a quest to stay relevant. I, I'm glad they didn't stick with the play, pause, rewind icons, though. <laughs> that makes me happy. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. In, uh, in joking about the attendance here perusing my show notes as I wave them around. <laughs> it's funny because I've got two statements here about attendance, and they conflict each other. So this was obviously written by WWE writership here. I'll read two statements here. The indoor sporting event record was an attendance of 108,713 people at the Cowboy Stadium, renamed the AT&T Stadium. And then the highest attendance professional wrestling event ever held in America with 101,763 fans was the AT&T Stadium. <laughs> so where did 7,000 people go in the reading of that sentence? <laughs> that is a great question. They left right before the main event. <laughs> <laughs> that was also the year that was like nine hours long. So I get it. I think that was, was that the year that we had everybody over and we had that chart on the wall of who was winning what? Yeah, I think so. And that was the year that Pat ran with it because he just chose everyone who uh, it would make people mad if they won. Uh-huh. And he got the most right. Which brings up a good point about WrestleMania. I feel like a lot of times in the recent past, it's just been to antagonize the fans. It seems like it. At least the people who stick around week after week. Right. If you're just popping into C-Mania, you got an extra $65 at hand, maybe you walk away fine with it. Yeah. I mean, you, you don't really have a a stake in it at any point it's just hey this looks fun there's going to be a lot of pyrotechnics and a lot of big beefy guys bouncing off each other the rock will show up <laughs> john cena thugonomics will do some will bust out some rhymes i mean it's the highlights right controversial fact about wrestlemania 3 digging and diving as well apparently the good people of michigan because three was the pontiac dome silver dome right the mm -hmm. the ninety three thousand highest indoor attendance Apparently, they shut off pay-per-view access in Michigan to force you to go to the show so that there wasn't any empty seats at the arena. So you couldn't actually watch WrestleMania 3 unless you were there in person if you lived in Michigan. Whoa. In all of Michigan? 
Michigan was excluded from pay-per-view access to WrestleMania 3 is the notes I'm reading here, yeah? Wow. That is... Commercialism at its American best is what it is. <laughs> what about yourself, Mr. Nuts? What did you stumble across on your nostalgic wander around WrestleMania trivia? WrestleMania 2 fascinates me. Um, because that was the closed-circuit WrestleMania, where they held it in three different venues. It was Nassau. It was... Um, the Rosemont Horizon in Chicago, and then the what was it the was it the Coliseum or in in LA? Um, so they did it closed circuit, and they had events going on all different times, but they didn't really tell the people on the West Coast that it was going to be running on East Coast time, and they also did it closed circuit in a bunch of arenas, and sold tickets for it, saying, "Oh yeah, WrestleMania is going to be in your town this year." Uh, and then after you bought the tickets, they told them that it was called closed circuit and there weren't actually going to be any live wrestling events there, um, which I thought was wild. Um, and just like played them on jumbotrons in stadiums. Yeah. Everywhere. But interestingly enough, Dallas, who was supposed to be provided four giant screens and on the day they had one 43 inch projection TV <laughs> for the arena. <laughs> Like one of those big ass ones that was in everybody's friend's basement growing up, right? <laughs> right. Right. The one that had the legs so you couldn't play Super Mario on it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was it was that one for the wow. entire arena in Dallas. There's something additionally unique about WrestleMania 2. Wanna hazard a guess what it might be? Ooh. Interesting. It was the only one uh that Hmm. No, I'm. I was trying to reach for something with commentation. That it was something with a commentary team. I'll throw you a bone on this one, guys. So WrestleManias are typically held on a Sunday. WrestleMania Two was not. Oh. Huh. Was it midweek? It was a Monday night. Oh, okay. Uh, the only WrestleMania in history. And uh, now, I guess we could argue the closed circuit limitations may have played into this, but <laughs> it wasn't as. Uh, widely successful as they had hoped with attendance and such and again hearing the snippets about the closed circuit maybe maybe that's a contributing factor but the only wrestlemania in history to be on a monday night after the failure they moved it back to sunday night for wrestlemania 3 and that's where it's been ever since huh that is a good tidbit it is we mentioned just how much we nerd out on wrestling on this podcast (laughs) (laughs) not not tonight not yet (laughs) can i give you a couple fun facts about the commentation station yes please do can you name the three shortest tenures for announcers? Ooh. Who who announced the least frequently for a WrestleMania? Did Rob Bartlett ever call a mania? Rob Bartlett did not call mania. Ah, uh, it's a shame. Um Wow. That's a good question. No, is this like they called full shows? Or like guest commentators for a match? Full shows. Okay. Actually, not just guests, not like an Art Donovan situation. Pe- people actually in the the announcing field for WWE. So Susan St. James does not count. I'll give you one. David Otunga. Ooh. Okay. Wow. Yeah, I would not have gotten that. Tied with Renee Young. Okay. Wow. Oh, wow. Okay. That's way more time for David Otunga than I expected. Yeah. And Paul Heyman. Really? Yep. Yeah, because Heyman, I think, only did like the one. And so did Otunga and, and Renee Young. Announced. I, I mean, obviously, Renee Young hosted the, the pre-show and all that stuff. 
but like actually at the announce table, just alone. That's really surprising. I thought for sure she was full announcing more shows. Who has the longest tenure, boys? Is it Michael Cole? It is not. This is kind of a trick question. I, th- I think Lawler is the only one I got left. Carlos Cabrera. Oh, very sneaky. Pretty sneaky, sis. Um, <laughs> he's actually been calling WrestleMania since 1994. Wow. And will be calling one uh, this year. While we're going short, his tenure of a of a match nature. Uh, I think obviously uh, the longest match in WrestleMania history is going to be pretty obvious. Uh, I, I think that's a nod to your guy there, isn't it, Josh? Yeah. Brilliant Iron Man match of WrestleMania 10, of course, stands at the longest WrestleMania match. Any ideas what the shortest WrestleMania match might be? So I literally just saw something about this, and I think I remember the length, but not who was in it. Okay. Was it 22 seconds long? It was not. Okay. Matt, do you have a guess? Was it the, the Daniel Bryan and Sheamus? That was short, but it's not the shortest. That was, what, 37 seconds? Yeah, it was quick. The match length is in single digits of seconds, so it's super short. Do you have an era that we can maybe zero in on? It was WrestleMania 32, so it's five years ago. Oh, damn. That somehow makes it harder. Because <laughs> that means Diesel wasn't in it. <laughs> <laughs> it was Diesel versus fake Diesel. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a little bit of a cheeky statistic, this one, because it's um, it, it's obviously a show spot, but it was The Rock versus Eric Rowan. And The Rock was out doing a promo and doing his old WrestleMania shtick and the Wyatt family came out, which of course the spot evolves into a uh, slinging of words and all the rest of it. And The Rock challenges the Wyatt family to to a match for which, of course, Bray pushes Eric Rowan forward and The Rock pins him in six seconds. After something like that, it's amazing that the Wyatt family and Eric Rowan didn't do more in the, the Fed. I really can't believe they aren't st- still around but that's what we were just talking about right like that's a a match where you have these guys who are like the hottest trio in the company and then you bring out the rock and he makes them look like idiots in six seconds i mean that would be the literal presentation of a squash match right i mean it kills the character kills the idea kills the storylines kills the menace of the wyatt family yeah for sure you know if the rock can put them away in six seconds how do you come back from that you know here we go i'm gonna put the two of you on the spot bring it on big man (laughs) The only WrestleMania not to feature a WWF or WWE Championship title defense. At all? Yeah, wasn't defended at all. And there's a reason why for for bonus brownie points. It's going to be like a weird, like, early 20, right? Like 21-ish. It's going to be some weird changeover between WWF and World Heavyweight Championship. You're as cold as a Steve Austin. Oh. <laughs> what say you, uh, Mr. Knott? What do you think? Hmm. I don't know. You're actually going to kick yourselves when you when you think about this, because it will be... You might be overthinking it, is, is what I would hazard to say. Was it last year? It was not. The only WrestleMania not to feature a WWF championship title defense was WrestleMania 1, ah. because the champion Hulk Hogan was in a tag team match with Mr. T against Roddy Piper and Paul Ondoff. That was the main event. It wasn't a title defense. Oh, really should have thought of that. You're right. Pretty sneaky. That's funny, Josh. You raise a good trivia tidbit here. What was the last WrestleMania to carry the WWF brand before it became the WWE? Do you remember which mania is the last one to feature WWF? Is it 17? X7, I'm sorry. 
I would guess somewhere like trying to do the math quick in my head. I was gonna go with like twenty one ish. Matt, you're closer. You're not far off, Josh, but you're uh, it's it's somewhere between the two. Nineteen. WrestleMania eighteen was the last to carry the WWF WWF brand. Oh. What else have we got here? Do you remember which WrestleMania featured the first Money in the Bank match and bonus points for who won it? I'm going to stick with 21, because that's got to be read at some point. <laughs> Nail on the head. He's got the right WrestleMania. Wow, really? Remember the victor? Uh, Jeff Hardy. Ah, so close. So close. Matt, any idea who won the first Money in the Bank match at WrestleMania? Matt Hardy. I'll give you a clue. He's main event in WrestleMania this year. Is it Drew McIntyre? <laughs> Drew McIntyre at age 13 came out and won the Money in the Bank match. Edge. Ah, uh, sure. That makes way more sense. Here's, a, here's a, another classic, interesting factoid. So America the Beautiful, Star Spangled Banner, etc. is typically sung by a celebrity. You know, the notable likes of Ray Charles or Aretha Franklin or, you know, if you're a country fan, WrestleMania 8, one of my favorite WrestleManias, Reba McIntyre. Mean Gene Oakland sang the national anthem at the first WrestleMania. Really? Mm. He's got some pipes. If I remember. Surprising, because Jimmy Hart's right there, too. Right? Allegedly, again, if the interwebs are sourcing me with credible and true and bona fide information, uh, apparently there was nobody willing or committed to showing up to do it, and uh, old mean Gene got thrust into the center of the ring and handed the microphone, and uh, there he was, singing the, the Star Spangled Banner. I believe that, because if I remember, like, WrestleMania 1 was kind of a wing and a prayer kind of thing. It was either this works or it's just going to tank the whole company, right? Mm, sure. Couple quick more uh, to put you on the spot. We talked about WrestleMania One being the only WrestleMania where a WWF championship wasn't defended. There is a WrestleMania in history where no titles changed hands. Want to hazard a guess? Conspicuously for WrestleMania, it seems there was only three titles on the line, and none of them changed hands. Hmm. I'm gonna guess it's one of the like middle early ones, something like. 13 because there weren't that many titles at that point it's later than that i was gonna go with three so that changes mine um i feel like they'd have to do that at a bigger one like like a milestone one so it's got to be like one of the 10 20 25 30 like one of those you're in the arena talking 25 30 apparently wrestlemania 27 no titles change hands there was Sheamus versus Daniel Bryan. Sheamus was the US champ, and it ended in a no contest. Hmm. Edge defended the uh, World Heavyweight Championship against Albert Del Rio uh, successfully. And Miz versus John Cena in the main event. The Miz beat John Cena. I mean, this is the best of booking, folks, isn't it? The Miz, the Miz beat John Cena to retain the WWE Championship. I was pretty pissed off to find out there was conflicting statements about who's lost the most. And um, as I've mentioned previously, I won't have a bad word said against the Rhodes family on, on this podcast, but Goldust has apparently got the most consecutive losses uh, at WrestleMania, losing all 10 of his 10 appearances. That makes a lot of sense to me for some reason. It does. I said no bad words about the Rhodes family. Because he's so good at putting forward younger talent. <laughs> That's why that makes sense to me. <laughs> I thought it was just because Dusty didn't start stay around for 10. <laughs> Could also be... <laughs> So we thought we'd have a, a bit of a laugh as well, didn't we, with a little bit of fantasy booking for WrestleMania. And uh, 
we sort of threw a couple stipulations on the table for ourselves, didn't we? Thinking about booking matches that we would want to see at WrestleMania with the existing pool of WWE talent, which, um, frankly to say, I, I don't know if you gents would agree, there's a lot of tremendous talent on the rosters for WWE. The booking, the writing just doesn't always seem to serve so well. And I'm, I'm not completely intending to rag and shit all over the WWE entirely, but the, the bookings don't do the caliber of the talent all that justice sometimes, do they? But we, we set that as one stipulation. And then we thought about dream matches, didn't we? Sort of whether it be, you know, from the showcase of the Immortals and the Legends uh, versus Modern Day or Legend versus Legend. Uh, I'm super psyched to see what you guys have come up with about this. Want to go guest first? Mr. Knotts, you want to throw a fantasy mania booking match at us and uh, rationalize a little bit while you put that together? Sure. Now, I will say this, that I have more respect for WWE creative and how they book things because I looked at the entire roster and they have so much talent, but it was really hard to find two people where I was like, putting the two of them together would be incredible. You know what I mean? It, It was really weird. Like they have every big name, but they don't quite piece together well for me for whatever reason. I just couldn't marry them together and go, oh yeah, no, that's a match I would pay to see. I thought the same thing. So I I have to say doing this exercise kind of gave me a lot of respect for for how they build a a card. Um, When I look at what I built, uh, I realize I built the pre-show for WrestleMania. (laughs) (laughs) So on the current roster, a match that I would love to see is um, T-Bar and Riddle. Oh, well done. I feel like that would be an absolute barn burner. Yeah. You give those guys 10 minutes just to go out there, and I think you're going to have an absolutely fantastic match. You know, it's the, the power versus speed. It's it's technical versus brawler a little bit, but T-Bar can do a little bit of the, the technical as well. I just think it's a, a good fit. Um, so that's one I'd want to see. That's one that really speaks to the power of the indies, because that feels very much like a like a 2018 Beyond match that would be main event for a weekend. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I'm sure if I looked on YouTube, I could probably find that match somewhere. Um, I didn't, but yeah, that was exactly the feel I got. I was like, this is why I loved Beyond. Is that's that's the kind of match I could see, and I could see that really getting 68,000 people going. You know. It's funny you say that, Josh, because Im- immediately as you said it, my, my mind, my brain took us back to that Armory Hall in Somerville, Massachusetts, where we saw the Beyond Progress doubleheader, and you could totally have seen Dijak, T-Bar, mm-hmm. and Matt Riddle going at it, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's great as an opener, because it would get the crowd hot. Yeah. Good pull. What about yourself, Josh? What are you throwing down as a match? I want a lot of people to get paid, and I love a gimmick match. <laughs> so... Strap in. <laughs> we got a combination of like a Cybernetico Atomico Captain's Match. That's right. We're putting a lot of people in and a lot of stipulations. So we got a five on five mixed tag match. Uh, there has to be one winner at the end. So if there's a team that has multiple survivors, they do get out in a triple threat or whatever until there's one winner. If you pin the team captain, the entire team is eliminated. It's like some lucha stuff. There's some world of sports stuff. So here are my two teams. Team one, captain by, and also I did look at who's in the performance center. So team one, 
Johnny Gargano as captain, with Timothy Thatcher, Santos Escobar, Taya Valkyrie, and regional favorite Chainsaw Joe Gacy. I like it. Versus team right team two, captained by Roderick Strong, along with Bronson Reed, Kushida, Drew Gulak, and Mercedes Martinez. Hell yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm packing as many people in there. We got some some hoss fights going on with Joe Gacy and Bronson Reed. Uh, we got some technical. We got some high flying. We got some real smash mouth stuff in there. And then when it gets to the end, and whoever your last two or three people facing off in a triple th- threat for uh, total dominance, I think would be fun to throw on to start. Compelling stuff. I'm glad to see Kushida's getting a WrestleMania out in there. I, I endorse that. I love that. Looking at it, I was like, oh, yeah, he has to go in there. So it's a little bit of Performance uh, Center and a little bit of 205 NXT. Who wouldn't normally show up on that show? I love that you put Gulak in there. Some personal phase in there for sure. The other thing I really enjoy is I'm thinking of what the commentary would be for that match. And there's going to be no asinine commentary because they're going to spend the entire time just going through and explaining the rules over and over again. Exactly. So, <laughs> so you're not going to have Michael Cole shitting on the match. You're just going to be able to watch the match because all he's going to be able to do is keep score. Right. This was very smart. And probably be parsing out what the rules are as he commentates. Yes. <laughs> it's a pretty dense rule set. <laughs> I love it. That's a great match. Props to you for delving into the Performance Center uh, roster as well. Thank you. So have some deep dive. <laughs> well, like Matt said, like going through the roster and being like, wow, it's hard to find people main roster who are going to be good. So I just, who else have they signed recently? Everyone. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> How about you, James? What's your first match? So I suffered the same fate, I'm afraid. Like as I was looking through, I was trying to look at sort of the talents across all of the brands, the, you know, NXT and the red and the blue and looking at, you know, like you say, some of the signees, um, and it was like, what, what matches feel super compelling? Who would, who would I be really jazzed about seeing? And I, I went with a women's match as a kickoff and I similarly threw a bunch of stipulations together. So it's a, a bit like the NXT match, uh, takeover match that Johnny Gargano and Adam Cole had that it was three falls. So it was a traditional fall. Second was maybe a ladder, and then the third, a cage came down, and the third fall was getting out the cage. And it's sort of like that escalating, escalating challenge. Anyway, I love Candice LeRae, and I think she's phenomenal. And I thought, if I'm booking Mania, Candice LeRae needs to be on the card. And who, across the plethora of women's talent, would put a compelling match together? Who did I feel like could go toe-to-toe with Candice LeRae? Initially, I was going to say Oscar, and I changed it to Sasha Banks. As I started to put the stipulations together and thinking, Sasha's done an Iron match with Bailey. She's she's done some of the ladder stuff. I think she's featured in uh, most of the women's ladder matches, hasn't she? Hmm. As Candice rises through the ranks of the WWE, her and Sasha Banks surely, hopefully, will have some amazing matches. That would be my uh, that would be my first go to for booking. I was really looking for a place for Candice on my list too. That's a really good call. And we talked about last time that Guerrilla Warfare match she had. That could be fun, some some fun stuff for a second round. Oh, man. I can't imagine. If they would do that, that would be amazing. That would blow minds. And another one. Get the crowd super excited for what's coming. Yeah. Yeah. How would you uh, you follow up your opener, Mr. Nuts? Oh, so my mid card, it's also Candace. Because I needed Candace on this. Um, 
I'm glad we all agree that we need some candidates in our life. That that makes me happy. <laughs> it's funny. I kind of bit off you and Josh here because I, I went to the uh, the performance center, specifically the UK performance center. Oh. Ho, ho. And I pulled Millie McKenzie out. And Millie McKenzie Candace Ooh. is a match that I would absolutely positively love to see. Again, probably I could look on YouTube and find it maybe, but I feel like putting it into a WrestleMania ring would just increase the stakes 11,000%. I think it would be an interesting showcase for the both of them to show that, you know, women's wrestling can kind of be anything and you can get a really cool, interesting, almost technical match. You know, it, it would be a, you know, a, a similar to what you'd see on a 205 Live with those guys, but Candice and Millie McKenzie, which I think would be great. Yeah, that's a, a great pairing. And pulling somebody who i hadn't even thought of that's a really good pull on millie mckenzie that'd be a super fun match she's just so much fun i was seeing um footage earlier today of the nxt uk broadcast and it seems like she's about to get into a feud with the women's nxt uk champion whose name completely escapes me is it still kaylee ray it is kaylee ray yeah thank you seeing footage of millie mckenzie you know jockeying up to kaylee ray that felt like a cheat to consider that considering it's clearly building obviously not for mania but it's clearly building what's your mid card josh uh i also went with the women's match uh and i also pulled the other half of james's equation so i have sasha banks in my second match and i try to think who would be a like a great kind of monster heel that i think she would have on her list of people in the past that she want to go toe-to-toe with so my second match is sasha banks versus bull nakano who had some Bar burners with uh, Medusa in the 90s. Sasha is a huge Joshi fan. She's talked about wanting to work with Mako Sanamura in uh, UK. So that combination of those two styles, I think, would be fun. Uh, I think you could tell a compelling story of Sasha being kind of the fiery underdog against this monster, kind of playing the same role as uh, Medusa did. And I think that'd be a super fun matchup between Sasha and Bull. I completely agree. I'm dying to see that match. It's a great shout. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah, those matches with Medusa were, or with uh, Alundra Blaze, were so much fun. And I'd love to see what she could do with uh, Sasha, too. We seem to be in a little bit of agreement about the caliber of Sasha Banks. I mean, she's a phenomenal wrestler, right? Oh, yeah. Well, like I said, she has so much, she's talked so much about how she loves kind of that style of wrestling that I think that kind of will be fun. And then for. Candice, too. The fact that all of us had some combination of those two wrestlers in our second match is kind of incredible that we all pulled those two people. It's interesting to see where our tastes lie, isn't it? Yeah, we probably we probably had this conversation in James's kitchen, but it was a little bit fuzzier at the time. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, James? What you got up second? So I kind of mapped out a couple different things here. The one that I think I'm going to hang my hat on, because... To see something just really technical, just to see a good 15, 20 minutes, maybe even longer, because I think these two guys would carry it, and it would be a real decided on the mat, in the middle of the ring, technical match. It'd have its elements of brutality, brutishness. It would have its submission holds and uh, manipulation of the joints and the fingers. I would want to see Daniel Bryan and Pete Dunn go at it. Ooh, hell yeah. Yeah. And it'd be sort of a probably like a no holds barred submission only match like last man standing type thing where they just have to take each other to the nth degree wear each other down bend the fingers back 
you know, the Lockjaws, the Bull Nelsons, the Sharpshooters, just real, real, like, wrestling, technical wrestling, and, and take each other to the physical extremities. I think it's a great pairing, because like you said, the the technical aspect, but also they can both be just absolute bastards to try to grind down the other guy, right? Like, you could get some real brutality in there once you get 15, 20 minutes war of contrition type of thing. Oh, man, can we make that an Iron Man stipulation? Ooh, I do like that. <laughs> they could go the distance, couldn't they? That's that's kind of the point. I mean, they could totally go the distance and it'd be compelling for an hour, right? Oh, yeah. And if you add in your Iron Man submission match and then just busting out, like, submission after submission, you know, no two submissions are the same, just showing how well-versed they are in the art of technical wrestling. And then just absolutely smashing the shit out of each other as well. <laughs> The two of them would just be hamburger afterwards, but it would be so good. A thousand percent, yeah. I do want to see that now. For sure. Do you have another current current roster matter? I do. I have what I would call my main event. I feel like this is a main event that you could probably book out two years from now. It's not there yet. But I'm going to go with AJ Styles against the current incarnation of Apollo Crews. Ooh, Ooh. damn. Chat us up on that. Fill in some of the booking on that one. That's uh, well put together. I feel like they kind of dovetail together very well stylistically, if you'll pardon the phrasing. Um, (laughs) (laughs) We started with a dad joke. You'll be forgiven. (laughs) Similarly to to Brian and Dunn, I feel like they can stand in and toe-to-toe go at each other. Plus, they've got so many, like the arsenal of of really wild aerial athletic moves between them. You're almost heading into like a a Lucha-style match. It, it almost feels like a New Japan style for me. Like between the two of them, I feel like Apollo Crews could really take AJ Styles to his limit. And I, I feel like with the edge he has now, it would be it would be just a blast. Like the two of them together. They they did. I did look on YouTube for this one, <laughs> and there was a match on SmackDown five years ago. It must have just been when he got into the the gotten up to SmackDown, whenever that was. Um. And based on the commentary, it was AJ Styles came out and cut a promo and then Apollo Crews challenged him. And it was all played like, you know, major underdog. And the two of them going at it just there was wild. It ran at such a crazy pace and it was just move for move. So a few years on, I would just like to see what that looks like. I feel like it would be a blast. I feel like that could easily headline. Yeah. And Apollo being like a great base for some of that stuff AJ is going to do when busting out some of that weird acrobatic stuff he can do doing that like combo moonsault to sunset or uh shooting star press that he does yeah another one that you open up and give him time would be unreal by the end of it totally that new japan style let him go and see what happens type thing yeah i I started at at getting shinsuke nakamura involved and i was like i think if we go a little different direction and i ended up on apollo cruise and i was like yeah that would be a blast so sorry shinsuke maybe next year (laughs) You got your current roster main event, Josh? Current roster main event. Uh, I went for a mixed tag match because, again, just kind of want to mix it up a little bit. I try to think of two men who could put on a good show and two women who could put on a good show, but also a good combination where you'd want to see the man and woman uh, have that chance too. So my first team, speaking of beyond, we got Oni Lorcan teaming with Shayna Baszler, Baszler versus... Buddy Murphy and Becky Lynch. Oh, man. I feel like Buddy Murphy is still kind of underrated. He had a little bit of shine, but it's kind of faded. 
love Orny Lurkin, super Smash Mouth style. And then Shayna and Becky, I think we fun to watch. And like I said, I think Becky and Oni, Shayna and Murphy would be fun to watch too. So I went full intergender on that one. I love that. Oni Lurkin needs a bigger stage. I agree with you. I just, I really like Murphy has such a weird style. And I think it could work really well with, with Oni. He's kind of all over the place. Super underrated, I think. I agree. Acknowledging Shayna's talent in the ring. I have to say, I've got to be a bit of a party pooper on this one. <laughs> she generates like a Brock Lesnar reaction in me, <laughs> I'm afraid. <laughs> That's fair. She definitely rubs me the wrong way. And I can't tell you why, other than she's the female side of the Brock Lesnar, you know, the yin and yang. It's just something about her. Maybe she does a job well and I'm designed to hate her. But she's designed for me to hate her or whatever. Or it's just that, I think, unfairly named X-Pac Heat. He just... You dislike her in the way you're not supposed to, <laughs> which I have with MJF. <laughs> oh, I could see that. I don't want him around anything. So I, I totally get that feeling. How about you, James? What's your current day main event? So for a self-indulgent offshoot for a second. So like I mentioned, I kind of danced around all over the place. I just want to give a quick shout out because this, this wouldn't be the main event, but I definitely was thinking about putting this crazy sort of big match together and i just self-indulgently want to give it a quick shout that i wanted to see imperium all four members of, of imperium on the grandest stage of them all in an eight-man tag and i was like okay so who's going to go up against like the likes of walter and the such and i put together a team of keith lee alistair black carrying cross and damian priest wow to face off against imperium and it just be a beat the shit out, almost like a survivor series match honestly where it's by eliminations and maybe I should save that for, you know, closer to November. I definitely wanted to see Imperium on WrestleMania. So that's my self-indulgent offshoot there. My main event, and I think maybe we'll build to this. I think it's destined for this. I'm a massive Drew McIntyre fan these days. I'm really pleased to see him getting the push that he's getting in the context of it. One of the things I'm actually looking forward to, Domania, clearly going to get the WWE Championship back in front of a live crowd, isn't he? Which is going to give him that moment. But him versus Karrion Cross, and I think it's about two or three years out. It's a Vincent K. McMahon heavyweight championship match that you've got all of the ingredients. They're massive. They're physically strong. They're agile. There's going to be stupidly crazy moves by these six foot four guys off the top ropes. You've got the psychology. You've got the chaperones. I think it's all just there. It's uh, I'm going to call it now WrestleMania 40, Drew McIntyre versus Karrion Cross. I would kill to see that forgive the pun pun number three of the show <laughs> wow calling your shot on a on a specific date for that main event is brave <laughs> i like that a lot though it's I, to write it in the book it's gonna happen and i think you're right that's one that we have to build to it and i think that you would really have to keep like all the wild shit that they're gonna do you don't put that into any of the build so you can have those moments of like oh wait these two are doing that i think that's a really cool idea of uh kind of holding off to see what those two can actually do thinking about the showcase the immortals let's get crazy here gents fantasy matches maybe dream bookings legends against legends or legends against current rosters what have you got matt i've got three i again i've got my my undercard my mid card my main event undercard i'm, I'm gonna go with a tag team match we're gonna go with the brain busters tolly and arn against the viking raiders i think that would be a blast it's Kind of a hoss fight. There's a little bit more new school versus old school there. I would like to see how Tony and Arn kind of neutralize the, the agility of of the Viking Raiders and how, how they kind of work that to their advantage. I think that would be cool to see. Uh, 
Or do the Viking Raiders just run them over? You know, they're just too fast and too powerful to stop. I'd love to see it. I think it'd be fun. Yeah. Either way, the Viking Raiders come out looking strong, right? Either they, they put down these legends or they give them a run for their money. Right. I dig the Viking Raiders a, a bunch. That's a good shout. I'll go with my, my women's match next. It's Becky Lynch against the aforementioned Bull Nakano. Hey. Whoa. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Did we mention how much our brains live in a similar place? <laughs> yeah, it's weird. We've actually uh, booked a hell of a four-way match, too. But yeah. <laughs> Actually, yeah, let's just do that. <laughs> but yeah, for, for much the same reasons Josh already said, you know, it would be... I think the the style would be a little bit different based on Becky Lynch now. Yeah. It would be a little bit more toe-to-toe brawler style than it would be, you know, a, a true Joshi match. But I think it would be um, interesting to see the two of them kind of go head-to-head and, and figure out who the biggest bad, bad badass ever is. That is pretty great. And I'm thinking, like, Becky Lynch in the crowd, bloody face. Becky Lynch versus Bull, right? Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Super fun match. And we can make it a four-way if you want to add Dump Matsumoto to it, too. Ooh. <laughs> Josh, so you're uh, showcasing the Immortals fantasy booking. What's your what's your two for under and mid? Yeah, so these two I just kind of like put together. This is very like uh, word association type thing. So I'm going with a tag match. The New Day. Really any combination. But as it is right now, Xavier and Kofi. Versus, and this one just kind of came to me. Versus the Rockers. Oh, shit. <laughs> Could be super fun seeing, like, early on Sean in that mix. Uh, seeing some of the, the double team moves that both be busting out. I think that'd be a super fun kind of clash of styles. And it would just be, like, the most fluorescent uh, ring gear in all of history in one spot. You would be blowing out people's TVs. <laughs> <laughs> New, Day's Rock- New Day Rockers is my tag match. Not to... Uh steal your thunder make that a three-way tag and throw the coco beware owen heart version of high energy into that and you've got some real neon party stuff going on there Ooh, oh, high energy yeah right <laughs> amazing <laughs> by the way i i just want to say josh out of the matches we've done so far that's the first one that you've taken the breath away from both of us as soon as you said it i don't know if you heard it but we both <laughs> gasped like, like they sucked the air out of the room <laughs> like i said i don't know i don't know how i landed on the rockers but they just kind of like came to me you know yeah it's perfect <laughs> i gotta say i know we're sort of sticking to a uh, to a wwe history here but wouldn't you have killed to see i mean obviously the the homage is more than more than obvious but the rockers versus the young books i mean holy shit as soon as you started that sentence i knew where it was gonna end because absolutely yeah <laughs> <laughs> i just want to see sean sell a super kick that's all i want <laughs> And vice versa, the Bucks sell a Sean Superkick. Oh my god. They'd end up on Pluto. <laughs> so then my other kind of mid-cardy dream match, and this again very much speaks to who I am uh, as a wrestling fan, I want Cesaro to get his moment, which he is this year. And I'd really love to see what Cesaro does with Ricky Steamboat. That would be a blast. I think a Steamboat-Cesaro match would be incredibly fun. Hell, I think you could book that this year. I know it'd be incredible. (laughs) But to see Steamboat in his prime with Cesaro, I think you'd get some incredible stuff out of that one. That would be one that people would be trying to run copies of on the indies for a decade. So I'll jump on my uh, undercard, midcard. I similarly took the Viking Raiders. And 
I went Legion of Doom and perhaps a very similar idea in booking of there is no bad outcome for anybody involved there. If LOD come out of that as the winners, the Viking Raiders give them an absolute run for the money. If Viking Raiders win that, LOD have just sold to one of the best younger versions in the spirit of that big, agile, angry tag team. I mean, there's there's just no loser in that match for me. The entrances, the flying off the top rope, the whole shebang. Viking Raiders versus Legion of Doom. Just visually that too, of them coming out in like the pelts and the face paint versus the pads and the face paint is super like, I don't know if it's post-apocalyptic or what, but the visuals of that would be super fun too. Yeah. That's full-on Mad Max vibes. That's Thunderdome. That's the real Thunderdome. (laughs) Maybe that's best served with some barbed wire and an exploding ring. Yes. There you go. <laughs> so that would be my uh, that would be uh, my first match. The second really could have gone either way with this, but I'm going to do a three way triple threat, falls count anywhere, last man standing, street fight type match that would be Rowdy Roddy Piper, Steve Austin, and Kevin Owens. Wow! Wow! And just trash barrels to the head forklift trucks <laughs> smashed screens you name it just it would just be a street fight and incredibly unpredictable yeah yeah i really don't know where that would end up other than me being very happy the emergency room is kind of where i think it was being booked yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah all three of them being thrown into and then into the back of that ambulance <laughs> <laughs> and i'd say let Roddy bust out a stunner too so all three of them Hit stunners on somebody else. Oh, that would be hysterical. And it felt for me sort of like sort of three big decades, sort of Roddy in his WrestleMania eight Brech Intercontinental type angriness. I mean that I mean that's Roddy through that's Roddy period, right? Steve Austin in his heyday and, and Kevin Owens. Oh yeah. You know, just that same attitude, just that same feistiness, right? Yeah. The the amount of fuck it between the three of them <laughs> would lead to I oh man. Oh, I would love to see that. Showcase the Immortals, Matt. Who main events a dream mania, dream match mania for you? I will reveal my my reasons for suggesting that earlier. Um, Because I think we just call this the Bret Hart portion of the show. (laughs) Is that accurate? Yep. (laughs) Might just be. (laughs) So I've got Bret and Cesaro. Um, Ooh. Because I, I was thinking about it and I was like, so who could go up against Brett that he didn't really see? Like, what style that he wouldn't have seen in his career? Um, and when I'm thinking about it, I'm like, well, Cesaro is interesting because he's almost a bigger, stronger, faster version of Brett, you know? Um, so I'd love to see what, you know, the the grizzled vet can do with the the young up and comer, you know, it would be interesting to see how they interchange and see how he can get over on him, how he can outsmart him. Cause he's not going to outspeed and he's not going to outpower. So how does the Wiley vet get around that? Um, I think that'd be a really interesting story. And I love that from what we talked about a couple episodes ago, where Brett definitely has that really subtle way to tell that story of like, okay, so none of these things that have always worked for me are working. What else do I have in this kind of, bag of tricks that I can pull out on this guy right now. And Cesaro doing a wild strongman shit with Brett would be incredibly fun. I'm visualizing Cesaro spinning Brett 
22 times around the ring. Right. <laughs> I'm excited by the idea of it, you know. Brett going for a sharpshooter and he just turns him over and muscles him up. Like, yeah. You know, like that kind of stuff. I'm like, oh God, that would be so good. So that 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 was where I went with it. Yeah. No, that's a really good pairing. Should we introduce your match, Josh? As what Brett match do you have as well? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I had said uh, before I started recording, I said, my fantasy main is not going to surprise anybody and then i asked matt what he thought it might be and of course he fucking nailed it <laughs> it's bret hart versus daniel bryan because <laughs> it's just a technical masterpiece i can't even imagine the things that you would see in that i thought about playing with like making an iron man match but you know what if they go 68 minutes if they go 83 minutes fine i'm not gonna put a time limit on that just give them a night <laughs> exactly yeah they are night two <laughs> the entire thing night two just a brett bryan clinic i think would be incredible just don't even know what that would be like and i would love to see it i have to agree completely in my defense as date stamped by the text message that i sent both of you in preparation for this show i, I was in the similar place as your head josh of Brett versus Daniel Bryan might just be the ultimate fantasy booking, right? If I'm going to throw maybe one alternative on that and stealing from my current roster match, I'd also love to have seen what Pete Dunne could do with, with Bret Hart as well for similar reasons. But the dream match for me is absolutely the main event of WrestleMania of the legends and, and the present is Bret Hart versus Daniel Bryan. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? No, I mean, two of the best who have ever done it, like without a doubt. And Hell, if we combine those and make it a triple threat, Brett, Daniel Bryan, and Cesaro, come on, give them the weekend, much less one night. <laughs> 133 and a third percent chance of enjoyment on that one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was interesting to see where our our brains went as far as a little bit of fantasy booking for a laugh, wasn't it? To acknowledge for anybody listening to this, uh, we only set the stage of those two stipulations we said at the beginning, didn't we? We didn't actually really confer any notes other than matches of exclusively current available WWE talent across the across the brands, and then Legends showcase of the Immortals and the overlap between the three of us. We must have very similar tastes in our wrestling gents. Sure seems like it. Literally did not compare our notes at all. So I find that amazing. Yeah. And a lot of the same names came up. Just means we've got impeccable taste, boys. That's 100% it, yeah. <laughs> that was tons of fun. Matt, Josh and I can't thank you enough for being willing to join and join the shenanigans and the shits and giggles tonight of doing this. Uh, and more importantly, the love and support from the Lunchador family as a whole and our siblings. Want to give a couple sentences on the Beer Review Journal and where folks can find you and your socials and all that good stuff? Sure, absolutely. Um, we are at... Oh, this is the part that McKenneth always does. So you're going to catch me off, off guard. He's he's going to be cursing at me right now. <laughs> <laughs> Let me also say for our lunch door friends, mimosas with my besties. Uh, we got what Caleb versus the world. We got mind of Magnus. Anomaly presents. Anomaly presents, of course. The OG, the the WrestleMania of lunch door podcasts. Yeah, <laughs> colossal tussle that started it all. <laughs> um, and a new show. You heard it here first. This is a, a little sneak um, coming soon to the Lunchador Podcast Network. Uh, project creator uh, conversations between creators talking about their process. Um, hosted by uh, 
friend of mine, Dennis. So he's going through and talking to a bunch of people that are internet radio people, programmers, designers, artists, talking about how they do what they do. Wow. That's awesome. So don't be surprised if your phones ring. <laughs> uh, so yeah, you can catch all those. It's the Lunchador Podcast Network. We do have uh, lunchadorpod.org that will be coming online in the next week or two. Uh, but you can catch all of those shows right in your your podcast browsers just search for them and they're there um i'm at dreaded matt on uh everything beer review journal is beer review jnl on twitter beer review journal i want to say on instagram uh, no facebook because you know we don't like the zuck and uh i think we've got a rubber match coming up or this is our rubber match one of the two depending on when it drops because uh the good brothers here from uh from the interstate wrestling podcast are going to join us on the beer review journal coming soon. Uh, we're going to drink some kind of wrestling re- related beers. You'll see Steve Weisers. Yeah. We're, we're <laughs> going to rock the Steve Weisers and uh, talk wrestling with a, a wrestling agnostic. I am very excited about that. So um, yeah, thank you for being a part of the network. Thank you for, for doing this. I love this show. Thank you for making me a part of it tonight. Glad to have you. We love it. Thank you. Give people a, another nod where they can find us on the socials and a shout out to alien trilogy of course yeah so their song michinoku driver an incredible song to have stumbled upon for our opening and close love finding a song that absolutely kicks ass and is also wrestling adjacent um so thank you to them we are on twitter at is wrestle pod uh i am on twitter at ISWP Mordecai, same thing on Instagram with or without an underscore. Try them both. See what happens. Awesome. Thanks for giving us a listen, folks. Again, the wrestling fan podcast that was just too big for Mania Weekend to fit into one episode. Hope you've had a laugh with us tonight. It was something well worth going off the off the rails for because it's fucking WrestleMania, folks. Hope you've enjoyed the weekend. Thanks so much for giving us a listen. Take it easy. We'll see you next time. See ya. I'm Michinoku. Driver!